welcome back. I'm Tracy Ramos, and this is my podcast, Booze Nation. And today I'm talking to my fellow bartender, the lovely Melinda Lopez. And I met Melinda when we were both working in bars and restaurants in South of Market. I was at the Hotel Utah Saloon, and she was at Marlowe's, which is around the corner from the Utah. And Melinda would come into the Utah before her shift, sit at the bar, and get shit-faced. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. She did not do that. I joke because Melinda is such a professional and takes such great pride in her job, she would never show up to a shift drunk, like some bartenders and servers have been known to do from time to time, but not Melinda. But Melinda would come into the Utah before her shift, and we would catch up about the week and shoot the shit, and then she would head off to Marlowe, and it was such a lovely little part of my Friday afternoon to have Melinda pop in. And then on occasions, um, when I would go to Marlowe after my shift, which wasn't really very often because Friday was kind of a nightmare in Marlowe because it was so busy. But when I would squeeze into the bar and have Melinda as my bartender, it was great because she is just so skillful and engaging and you knew you were going to get some great cocktails and get taken care of. So this is our uh, interview, and we're just going to jump right into it. And then when did you make the move to Oakland? Three weeks ago. So somewhat recent. Yes, very. I'm not even at a full month yet. So, and I'm actually back to the city after this. Um, so my roommate found another. She had found a hidden jewel in the Western Edition. It's like on a third level, very spacious, wall to wall window. And she has this beautiful view of City Hall, which I always love because they always light it up differently depending on what's happening with the world. Yeah. Then you kind of see, I think it's Bernal Heights she's looking at, like at a distance where, you know, the 101 is exiting the freeway and you kind of see all the hills and stuff like that. So super nice, better than the view she has. The view that we currently have is like, the internal structure of the apartment complex and the next door. So like her view is definitely way better. Um, so she's moving next Friday. So we're going to start planning today. And then I'm taking off this upcoming Friday to help her move. And um, so it's, it's bittersweet. It's kind of like the end of an era, you know, cause uh, she was there for years, there for eight years. So it's, you know, some time. Well, that's good. No, it sounds like, you know, it's time. And like you said, bittersweet, but that's awesome that, you know, she's getting a better deal because now finally things in the city aren't so outrageous. I know. I know. And that's what she was thinking. She's like, if if I'm going to do it, I need to do it now before, you know, it starts climbing back up. Precisely. Yeah. This is kind of like a, I feel it's kind of like a lull. Mm -hmm. It's not going to stay this way. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, enjoy it while you can. Yes. Yeah. And then, I mean, even with like June 15th, if this is the marked date for the state, I, I think it's it, like already you're seeing stuff pick up progressively, but at the same time too, it's going to be interesting. Cause I feel like with travel coming back, you, you, you already see the prices already kind of bumping up hotels. Prices are crazy right now. Like, you know, just trying to pick up steam from where they were because everyone's itching to go out. Everyone's itching to have a vacation. So. Oh, everyone's beyond stir crazy mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. sure. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. And then when did you start working at your new job? I started in mid. So let's see the pandemic started on the 16th. And then after like, I think going on to like the fourth week, like I was, 
I've, I've always had a job since I was 15, you know? And so for me to go from three jobs to not having any jobs and just sit at home, like the first week was cool. Cause I just got buzzed all day and like walked around <laughs> the city and, you know, did my thing. But after a while, I was like, okay, this is not cool. Like, so then I was like, even considering getting a job at Trader Joe's. And then after like kind of checking in with everyone, my, my parents were like, just, just hold out, hold tight. Like, there's no reason for you to go and, and do that if you don't have to. Like, just hold tight. You don't, you know, you're putting yourself more in danger with it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then like, as of mid-May, one of my bar regulars, actually, she's in the sales industry. And she basically said, Hey, I know this isn't pertaining to your masters. But if you want, you are a good salesperson. From what I have seen, you're great with people, you multitask. She's like, I'll put your name in the hat if you're interested. So I said, yes. And basically kind of went through the whole interview process for like a month and a half. And so June 22nd will be my year anniversary. It's kind of crazy now thinking about it, because I still feel so green at what I do. But then I have certain weeks where I feel like, oh, I, I understand what I'm doing. I got this and it's more fluid. And then other weeks, it's just like, oh my gosh, like this is, you know, it's just, it's a hustle. So, but it's good. It's in sales. I like it. It's very challenging. It's a constant hustle. For that's, sure. that's fantastic. Now you started at, at, um, I know you told me Cron. Cron. Yeah. So now I'm, and now I'm a space instead of slinging alcohol. Now I'm slinging advertisement basically. Heck yeah. <laughs> Same, but different. Yeah. So it's like entering the media world now, understanding broadcasts, learning digital on a whole nother level is really been the challenging part for me because granted it's, it's, it's repetition and it's memorization of understanding what it is, but really being able to understand it because I have someone that, you know, went to school and understands this completely and has been in the industry for 30 years. And then I have a mom and pop shop to where I need to explain the process of why you want digital versus just broadcast, the frequency, like really breaking down digital language and vernacular to like someone that's like, well, I don't want digital. And it's like, no, you really do want digital because this is the transition. This is where we're going. And especially with the pandemic, you need to pivot. You need to adapt with the times, you know, because it's not necessarily going to go back to the way that it was. I agree. And then when you started, have you actually been in an office or have you been always remote? Remote. So I have been in the office, I think, three times uh, during this whole pandemic, but I have not worked in the office. We're actually having, hopefully, our first team meeting on May 20th. If everything continues to go the way that it is, everyone's already been vaccinated that has opt-in to be vaccinated so I have met, I think I've met four people of a team of 21 in real person. So it's kind of crazy. <laughs> it's pretty gnarly because it's like literally a virtual relationship. You know what I mean? Like, like, yeah, it's, and I can't wait. I can't wait to go into the uh, office because I want to ear hustle other people. I want to hear, how are you saying what I say and how do you do it differently? Am I doing this process correctly or can I? You know what I mean? Like just learning because the more I do work with, I'm creating that camaraderie with other folks. Yeah. It's not the same. I don't think like it's very hands on like bartending. You have to, you could read it and I could read that recipe, but until I actually make that drink and I taste it and I see the timing and, and do the garnish, I'm not going to really grasp it. You know, I have. To I agree. It. That's 
that's the, I'm the same way behind the bar for yeah. sure. Yeah. And then how long did, how long did you work or were you working in bars before you transitioned? So the hospitality industry I was in was close to 19 years. So it's pretty gnarly. I remember my first job was Bank of the West getting out of high school. Well, first real job was Express when I was 15. I needed a worker's permit. And then I went to a bank teller when I was 17. And then I needed more money. And so I was like, all right. So I started at a corporate, I started macaroni grill. And so when I was like 19, I was like, Hey, can I become a bartender? I think I asked when I was 20, they're like, yeah, when, you know, if you can memorize these, these uh, recipes by the time you're 21, I'll train you to be a bartender. And I was like, okay, cool. So of course I had nothing else to do. I was like, heck yeah, I'm going to learn this. And I know I could be faster and better. So (laughs) there's this all male dominated, except for this one woman, Jennifer and Jennifer was awesome. Loved her. Every female bartender I've ever worked for, for the most part, 99% of the time I have always vibed well. I've always worked well with them and you just learn. It's great. And so I have been a server. I've been a food runner. I've been a bar back. I, my, I, my very first city job was at the lion's pub off of division sack. It was a hit. Yes. Yeah. No sign. And I was a bar back there for a few shifts. And then finally I graduated to bartender status. Uh, So I was super like, yes, I'm finally in the city. You know what I mean? My bartending job. That's kind of how it was with me when I started bartending. There were not a lot of female bartenders. Mm-mm. You did not see, it was rare yeah. to see a female bartender. Yeah. For yeah. sure. And it's, it's some of the best advice. I, it still pertains to my life today. I remember another one, Kate, uh, that I worked with. Uh, Jennifer taught me one thing to where uh, she was this tall, beautiful, blonde, you know, um, Jessica, the park. Uh, what's the one from Robert? Ra- uh, Roger oh, Robert. Jessica Rabbit. Jessica Rabbit, like that's kind of Jennifer's, like when I think of Jennifer and she's like, when you grab a bottle, you grab it with authority. Okay. And that's one thing, like you have to take this job with authority. And then Kate, Kate, I just loved her because she said, you know, one thing you need to know about bartending in the city is you need to develop alligator skin because you're going to hear plenty of stuff that is just going to, you, if you have alligator skin, you're never going to survive in this industry. So you need to be able to take everything with a grain of salt. And that still applies to me professionally now, or even just in life generally too, where it's, it's, you really do need to not take yourself so seriously at times because, or take everything so personal because someone is going to offend you eventually down the way. Oh my God. Yes, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And then, so you were working in three bars Mm -hmm. when the pandemic hit. Yeah. So March 16th, I had three jobs and then I went to none. So I was at Marlon, the Soma district. I was at Old Ship in the financial district. And then I was at the Saratoga in the TL. So all different demographics, love them all for different reasons. Yeah. And it was just one of those where it's like, oh, you know what I mean? Like, and, and I just went from like working to like, you know, Zilch. 50 to 60 hours to nothing. So it was just really challenging because it's like how and I think that's my struggles too when my partner struggle with me because he's in the industry too to where it's when you have a certain work ethic where you have no problem working whatsoever to be have your hands tied behind your back and say no you can't so it just it really it really just has been very challenging I think in that way to like you see certain people that have become stimulated for different reasons. Like, okay, well, if I have this time, I'm going to do this now then, or you see people clean because that's what they have to feel 
as if my house is my house is spotless. (laughs) So (laughs) yeah, it's I bought a new vacuum cleaner. I bought a new handheld. It's like (laughs) (laughs) it's so true though because Uh like some just I think certain certain personalities were like yeah let's just do this let's keep it going and then there's other personalities where it's like I can't just sit down and watch TV for eight hours I I I can't do that like I need to do something else and so I think that this this whole pandemic has been a curse but it's also been a blessing because it's been a true test of resilience and really self-reflective, not only about yourself and your personality, but how you treat other people. Do I still want to be in contact with this person now that like all reopening, do I really want to hang out with this person? Do I really not? It's, it is, I feel a very interesting time period of kind of like a reset button for a lot of, for all of us individually, if we embrace the change, I genuinely think. I agree. Um, and then the three establishments that you just mentioned, do you know if they are open? Do you know if they were able to stay open during so the pandemic? So unfortunately, will be no mas. That was the first one I did find out about. And it's just really sad because Brandon, Brandon's vision is a unique one. And what we had there, the inventory, the vintage chartreuse, the vintage Benedictine, the vintage, uh, the collection of his Pappy Van Winkle. Oh, it was just a beauty. It was a rarity. And plus I opened up that bar. Like I've opened up a handful of of bars and restaurants and it's time that you never get back. It is an investment of your soul. You start your clientele and your regulars from the ground up. You cultivate that relationship. You start learning their names. What do they do? Remembering their drink, creating that, that energy with them. And then all of a sudden it's like, so that one, that was sad. Unfortunately, yeah. that, one, that one is closing. Marla opened up temporarily to where they were doing uh, to-goes with burgers, but they also are right on that caddy corner of off of 4th and Brannon. So you can't have a parklet because there's a bus stop on both. The bus goes in both directions. So you can't, you can't, you can't do that, but they are going to reopen soon, I believe. And then for O-Ship, O-Ship has been the most resilient one to where when they were able to open at a minimum and pick up, they did that. Then they did the parklets. They've been very creative with creating little uh, goodie boxes for whiskey collections or vodka collections or are creating cocktail recipes. Like it's been kind of interesting. I mean, so all two of them, two of the three will remain open. But I think, you know, at this point, I've, I've seen that even with with, with bartenders, uh, like how are they surviving during this time period? I think one, if you're an owner, you're probably, you know, creating cocktail drinks for people. You're doing Zoom classes. I've done a couple of Zoom classes for some of my regulars, you know, right. it's, it's like, we'll get all the stuff. Can you just host it? And I'm like, heck, yes, I will. Like, I would <laughs> love to. <laughs> so two of the three, two of the three. Which um, isn't too bad, you know the way, the way, um, bars have been dropping bars and restaurants have been dropping in this city. It's really hard. It really, really is. And, and I mean, even like you have to be creative, you like for aces, I believe now aces is pulling food from, um, is it Don Pisto, I think from the, from the North Beach area. And then does food. I know with our bar, you know, they have to, there's been a lot of partnerships that really had to develop with restaurants just to even make it work. Because if not, these bars are really a lot of bars, like bars, bars, I've really been very, it's been very challenging. I know Columbus cafe, you know what I mean? Just to, if they don't have that food license, how are they going to get that revenue? 
Yeah, exactly. And then, so what do you think has been the hardest transition away from the bars? Like, have you seen your regulars? Do you miss your regulars? Oh, yes. I would definitely say socialization. I I miss that so much. And once everything does get going, I, I still want like that Saturday morning brunch shift. I do. I, I miss I miss that. I want to talk to people. And the multitasking I'm still doing with this job currently. So that I feel good about. Um, but just really shooting the shit, really like talking to people. And, and for my regulars, yes, there are close to about two handfuls that I still communicate via text or uh, have actually gone out and, you know, met up with them at a park. And, you know, we each have our blanket and we'll have a bottle of wine, kind of relax and chill. One of my regulars, uh, a couple actually has been sending me coffee. They own a coffee company. So like, Oh, that's so nice. Super sweet. Like just sending me, you know, like, how are you, you know, also I do have my regulars that I have definitely become friends with. And then, you know, just, just to shoot the shit and have some, some, something to drink, you know what I mean? So like a beer, I'll meet you in Washington park and, you know, Washington square. And let's just, so yes, I do. I miss that a lot. I, I miss that socialization of it, but yeah, you know, yeah, no, I miss the hustle. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Where you just kind of feel like a bus ran you over at the end of the shift. And it's just like, Oh, a little God. bit, maybe, <laughs> maybe not that, but I miss, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I miss moving around. Exactly. Yeah. yeah uh, true. And then what do you think, um, business in those three establishments was like pre COVID? 2018 to 2019? You know, I feel like it was going great. I I really felt blessed to be in the bar industry. I really felt that my investment into the bar industry has really, it it was at its peak, at least, you know, not that it's, it's not at its peak, but for me, like having the shifts that I had, knowing the knowledge, having the knowledge that I have, being able to multitask, being able to train, being able to see barbacks become bartenders and see the investment of time of their training really grow and, and really start seeing a new generation of bartenders come up as well, which has been great. And, um, but in regards to volume, I mean, we were jamming all three of them. Yeah. Saratoga is a little bit trickier because it's the TL. So it's, we weren't on like a mainstream. So it's very much like you need to, you needed to know you were going there unless you actually lived around the neighborhood. Uh, old ship jamming constantly. Like, just because you're you're near corporate America, you're in the financial district. So you're you're jamming all and we were open till two in the morning. So you had different demographics coming in at a different time, especially because we're right next to the battery. And then with Marlo, Marlo is the local spot, the burgers. So people were always we are very fortunate with Marlo. We averaged about 100 walk ins for dinner, you know, at a minimum. So it's on top of reservation. Yes. Yeah, so it was we were doing well, you know what I mean? And a lot of them or well-oiled ships. So it was, it was just knowing what you needed to do, having fun, having good energy with your, 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 uh, your teammates. And I normally had my set schedules for the most part. So I knew who I was working with, knew how they worked, knew their preference, knew their strengths, vice versa with me, where it's like, okay, you need to take care of them. I'm like, okay, let's swap it over. (laughs) So yeah. And old ship, because old ship is one of the oldest bars in San Francisco, if not the oldest. Yeah, I think I, I think it's the second. I think the saloon is the first from what I've heard. But the cool thing about Old Ship is that, one, it's always been a bar. 
to the actual, like that used to be the border of, that used to be the, the port, uh, like um, the, the beginning of the, like, well, yeah, the, it was basically the, it was landfill. So it was like the beginning of the port of the city. And what happened was that ship basically had a shipwreck onto Angel Island and then it got towed to Battery and Pacific. And basically it was a landfill. And so what ended up happening, someone cut a hole into it back in the day. I think it was 1851, if my memory serves me correctly. Yes. And they made it into a brothel and bar. And so it basically, moving forward, has been one of the, um, it's, it's been a bar consistently. It's been Old Ship, I think, I think now this is, is it the fourth time it's been named Old Ship? Because it was Rick's and then it was um, Babes. So it's gone through different names, but it has always been, and you know, the cool thing about Old Ship too is that they just, there's a picture on the wall that they took post the 1906 earthquake and great fire and they rebuilt it. And there's like 12 people all in um, a photo and the boys just recently redid it in that same uh, image. So it's kind of interesting because it's totally current San Franciscan kind of men, like with, you know, the crazy long beards Mm -hmm. and and it's like, that's wow. They, they, they nailed it. So hopefully um, Eric Bassetti is, is framing it. And then which I would imagine he is, and it's going to put it up in old ship. So that's going to be super cool to see. That's great. I'm, I'm so happy that old ship is, is there but yeah it goes back and forth like, there's different um accounts about the oldest bar but it does go between old ship and the saloon and it's mm-hmm. one is 1849 one's 1851 one's 1849 let's talk about uh working with the public between the years of 2016 and 2020 did you notice anything different yes i did you know i was those years were very interesting years and i say that because it, it was right in the beginning of a very much more saturated kind of like tech boom, I would say. And uh, I, I, I'm a Los Angelino. I have lived in San Francisco since 1999. I love it. Moved back home for a handful of years and came back. But when I came back, it was a transition. It wasn't the San Francisco I remembered. It was different. A lot. It was like a modern day golden ru- a gold rush kind of energy with new money, new investment, new demographic. These engineers just changing the landscape of the city. <laughs> Venice, for example, good Lord Pope Street. Right. <laughs> but be it as it may, the diner, the, the tech industry was, I think, one of the biggest things too, because it was just a different energy. And what I meant by what I mean by that is they, the investment into uh, the bar industry, the dining industry wasn't the same. Like you did have your people that were foodies that definitely wanted to go out. that definitely were looking for a good time. They wanted to get their drinks on. They wanted to socialize. They were in it for the moment. But then there was also that demographic that didn't want to pay for anything because this tech and this tech world, like you had all your food provided for you, you had beer tabs, you have your batteries, your dry cleaning, your laundry, you have your shuttle service. They didn't want to pay for anything at all. So it was just a different demographic that I noticed with, with drinkers and diners during that era. And I also think as time progressed, there was a certain level of, I think there was a little bit of resentment with certain people in that world. And so then it started re- you know, then it started on that end too. So I think that was an interesting part because at the same time too, it's, it's, 
It's like, oh, you're a tech person or, oh, these tech people are destroying the city. But in all actuality, it shouldn't be viewed that. I mean, I understand why it can be viewed that way because even natives were like, this is not the San Francisco I know. But it's like, it, you know, you, you you have to grow. We all have to grow together with it. And, and be it as it may, a lot of them, you know, that's I think the good percentage of people that left the city during the pandemic were uh, a lot of that demographic because it's like, well, I could take this out San Francisco salary, move out of state and keep it going. Now you have like the poor people here that really love San Francisco that want to stay here. So it's been kind of like a cleanse too of like <laughs> quality people who want to be like San Franciscans, you know what I mean? <laughs> no, I, I agree exactly with that timeline and that uh, description and, you know, depiction of that certain demographic that really didn't think they had to pay for anything and really didn't like being in San Francisco because it was dirty mm-hmm. and parking mm-hmm. and really just did not get what the community of San Francisco was about and didn't want to be a part of it. And that was, that is one thing that really bothered me mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. trying to deal with certain individuals who just really did not care to be a part of San Francisco other than I'm going to use it as my ATM. Well, and then also just the history of it. Like, I mean, Dolores Park is a perfect example, like where Dolores Park, where the Muni, I I remember, you know, where the Muni runs, where that used to be kind of like the area where, um, you know, the, the gay community will have public sex, you know what I mean? And and to really like now go to Dolores park and it's, you know, people go and, you know, which is still, you know, the the case as well, but it just wasn't the Dolores park. I remember where I was like, what, where am I? (laughs) Like, I just don't even understand what's happening. And so, you know, it is, there, there were those moments where it's like, okay. And then just certain, you know, there, there was just a shift of culture, very much so, you know what I mean? And, and, and some of them got it and some of them embraced it, and, but the good majority of them did it. And I think that's the, 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 the disconnect with a lot of people too, you know what I mean? Precisely. It was definitely like, um, not a battle of two cities, but it was mm-hmm. definitely two cities. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Two different realities for sure. Precisely. And one caption, speaking of Dolores Park, one caption I read was, um, Dolores Park, the new Google cafeteria, (laughs) which just really head on the nail, you know, gross. Oh, wow. That's pretty bad. (laughs) (laughs) I'm with you. I want, you know, gay sex happening all the time. I don't want Google cafeteria, you know? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. And so I love asking this question, even though you're not bartending or, you know, bartending full time, what's your biggest pet peeve when you were working behind the bar, your biggest pet peeve? Oof. <laughs> uh, people putting napkins in drinks used to piss me off so much. Like, <laughs> oh, don't put your damn napkin in the drink. And then working behind the bar, if I'm working with a bartender who is, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a chatty Cathy. I'll talk to you nonstop. But after like a few minutes, if you're just standing there talking and you're, and if, and if you're in front of a, a dishwasher and there's clean dishes, 
you better be polishing some damn glassware if you're going to be standing there that long. Don't be just standing there and not do anything. Like you, you need to contribute, okay? There's, there's no such thing as standing at a busy bar talking for 15 minutes and you didn't even polish the damn glass. Like polish the glass if you're standing that long. So I would say those are like, yes, probably my top two. Where it's like, those are good ones. Like why you work. <laughs> I kind of forgot about the um, people putting napkins all the way in the glass. Um, I, I forgot about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stop yeah. it. Because <laughs> then it would like, then you would just have barbacks or, or certain bartenders that just don't even care and they just throw it in the dumping bucket. And then before you know it, you have water that's like a paper shredding into your sink. Then your oh. sink's backing up. And then you just gotta, you know, it just becomes a whole nother process where it's like, oh my God. <laughs> There's a system. Keep it in place. <laughs> I agree. I agree. And again, even though you're out of the bartending world, what is your dream night of service? What's like the best night you can you can have? The best night that I think I could have, the best time of bar. I've had great nights at all my services, at all my places that I've serviced. But I would say like, for me, for me, I genuinely love bars that are two to three deep in like it makes me think of the Cavalier days when I used to work at the Cavalier and my dream team during that time period was with um my boy Scott and then Brian Rhodes Beefcake and uh you know there was just it was like symphony because we were all well-experienced bartenders we all had our strengths and the bar was full you have, it's like two to three people in deep, but we see our regulars coming in. We already know what they want. So we're still entertaining them, but we're still jamming. The well is crazy with drinks. The restaurant's busy. And it was just, it was just like a symphony. It was just, it just, it just went so well. And so I think those are the best nights of service where you've conquered the menu knowledge. You know what you need to do. Your bar is still busy and there's just the, the, you know, we also just all worked very well with each other. We knew it was a team collaborative effort. And so I think those were some of the best nights that I ever had too, because, you know, we were making money, the restaurant was making money. Everyone just wanted to sit at the bar. It was that energy where it's like, actually, we're just waiting on bar seats. We don't want to, we don't want to go into the restaurant. You know what I mean? So to where it's like, okay, the party's here. The cool kids are here, you know, yes. so that kind of an energy where it's like, nah, Cause that's how I even where I am like with, there's only certain restaurants where I'll wait up to 45 minutes just to sit at the bar because I want the bar energy. I want to be able, cause if you're at like a table, you're kind of renting the table, but when you're at the bar, you can't control what they say next to you, what the bartenders are saying. You can't. And if you are sensitive that way, then don't sit at the damn bar go, go to a table. You know what I mean? Like the bar is where you're looking to interact and engage. And then if you don't, okay, put your earplugs on and get onto your phone. We get it. You know what I mean? But for right. the most part, most people want to socialize at the bar. They want that energy. No, I prefer the bar for sure. Mm -hmm. Sitting mm -hmm. at the bar. So, yeah. But again, you know, That's we're right. bar flies. So it's in our blood. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I know exactly. <laughs> I would say that would be my perfect like dinner service for sure. It makes me think of, of the Cavalier for sure. Oh, nice. That's, that's a good one. And then, so San Francisco is starting to reopen and yeah, starting to reopen. What do you, what's your uh, wish? What do you hope for San Francisco nightlife? Hmm. 
you know, kind of an open-ended um, question, I know, but what's the yeah, first I, I would say that people are definitely like, I see the city more, uh, there's, there's more foot traffic slowly developing, which is great. I really, really am happy to see that. I really, for the nightlight, I'm, I'm excited to hear that live music will start again because it's our, it was already dying out before the pandemic. So just to have anything with live music, I think is going to have a revitalization, Lord's willing, with with uh, the community, because I know that that like the hair industry, like the bar industry, they really took a really, really bad hitting to it. But I think people are dying to have like one of the biggest things I want to do is is go dance and be in a crowd and dance like my heart away. Like I I cannot like I want to find my dirty bird party and like just throw down put my tennis shoes on in my hat and don't talk to me for a few hours like I just want to sweat it out and dance like I oh I can't wait to dance again but uh in regards of like the evening nightlife I really hope the city maintains the parklets I love the energy of it us living in San Francisco we already know that it's going to be cold so everyone already knows how to adapt if you need your butt cushion pack your butt cushion you know what I mean like you know what to expect now. And now yeah, you we get know. It. The, yeah. Yeah. And you know yeah. what kind of parklets you're going to go to as well. Like Catonia has a great one. Uh, you, you see how even off of uh, in North beach that like Sotomar has been doing great. Columbus cafe has been doing great. Like they're just really building and building it up. So I really hope that the city does allow them to keep it. I think the next step to where the city, because of course the city is going to want to make some money somehow is, you know, of course, maybe, yeah. yeah, maybe the next step is not that I want restaurants to pay for this, but I know eventually they're going to have to start paying something is now putting in maybe like cement blocks or something to protect the diners outside, because eventually we are going to have those knuckleheads that run into the parklets and then possibly someone could die, you know, God, <laughs> knock on the but you know, like, there's Wait, that's not funny. It's not funny, but I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, Cause there's like buses sometimes and it's like, Oh my God, like I kind of want to, I don't want to sit on this corner, but it's the only table. So I guess I will, <laughs> but there's nothing to protect me if that bus hits me. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, Here comes the 45. Everybody run. Yeah. Around it. All right. Yeah. Go back to your yeah, table. Like, oh my God. <laughs> you're trying to fake it and make it like you're not afraid. So, but I think that that's, you know, I, of course, it takes a global pandemic for San Francisco to loosen up its skirt a little bit with like being able to drink outside and having like the out like to me, it just felt like Europe, you know, it made me think of kind of like France a lot or like you're sitting outside, you know, I, I love it. I actually pray and hope the park would stay. I look forward to the live music and yes, I just more volume, night volume, hearing, making it sound like a city again. Yeah, you know, not crickets. Like I, it's just, it's so. I, I, that was the biggest thing I missed was like hearing my cable car, hearing the bus, the foghorn still went, but hearing drunk people walk from Polk Street. You know what I mean? Like I missed. That was like I'm like this city is not a city right now. It's so quiet. It was eerie. You know. So. Mm-hmm. And then um, another open ended question is, what do you want people to know about bartenders? That, what do I want people to know about bartenders? Or working I, in the bar industry. Yeah, I, I would say that, that uh, you, you know, I would say that bartenders in San Francisco, one of the coolest things that I have come to find out as a bartender is 
there's a lot of highly educated bartenders in the city. And I think that it's, it's mind blowing how many bartenders I know that are just, this is like, they went to a career, they came back or how many have masters. And it's just, it's, it's, or just, just, even if they're not like with the degree, just how intelligent and deep and provocative they can be philosophically too with uh, when I think of another one and I think that, yes, we are a blue collar job, but it is mind blowing because at least bartending in San Francisco, it has done very, I've done very well with bartending and it's taking care of me. And it's mind blowing that we are classified that way. But at the same time too, we're also probably a little bit more well off than the other ones that aren't considered a blue collar. So it's just, it's just, I don't know. I, I would just say, you know, at the end of the day, we're humans and we're just trying to survive like everyone else and it's definitely a physically demanding job and not all bartenders are nice and some are jaded and, and some are snobbish and uh but we're human beings like all of us and, and that goes to bartenders as well that I always tell you know my younger ones to where it's like you have to just be in the moment. I know it's hard at times, but you're creating an experience. You're creating a moment. And that's what our job is for. And I think that that has carried over even to my personal life where it's like, I always feel like I'm hot. I'm, I need to be hospitable. I need to be servicing. Like, are you done with that? Can I, do you need another drink? Like it, it never turns off. I think it's something once you do for a certain amount of time, it, it becomes ingrained in your personality and you always wanting to serve because there is a fulfillment when people come in and then all of a sudden they have a couple of drinks, they're talking to you, they have some food and they're like, thank you so much. I like seriously, thank you for this. Like it was a great meal and they leave and like, that's contagious. And then you're right. like, wow, like I just, you know, you create that awesome energy that really like cultivates over. So I think there's a lot of pride in being a bartender. You, you, you could definitely gain a lot of knowledge and um, great experiences from bartending. I have nothing negative about my experience as a bartender. Like I absolutely miss it. I can't wait to go back to it part-time. I genuinely miss it. I really do. <laughs> do you think that you'd be able to do that part time? Like, yeah, like I think keep so. both keep both your yes. sales yeah, and I mean, do a part time gig. Yeah, I hear what you're saying because it's like my Monday through Fridays. Oh my gosh! Like sometimes I'm just like whoa. But I think that I like if I could find once everything gets settled in and we're back to normal, and then of course all the the staff that's been hired or not, eventually we will, I think restaurants and bars will hit a moment where it's like, okay, maybe we could hire a filler person. Okay. Maybe mm-hmm. no one wants, like no one wants a Saturday brunch shift to where you got to be there at eight 30 in the morning. I do. Cause I get up early and I'm, I'm down and then I want to be done at two 30. <laughs> yes. I <laughs> so definitely remember general. you talking about your um, brunch shifts and you were up and you were counting your steps and you, yeah. um, <laughs> I was already like 15,000 steps at like three o'clock. I'm like, okay, let's go. Now I'm ready to start drinking. Let's go. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, wow, she's really on that step thing. She's got like these gadgets and they tell her how much they weigh right now. (laughs) (laughs) I I remember that. That's great. No, I think that that could possibly happen if, if, you know, people can finally get back to like hiring a person for that one shift or, you know, somebody that's that on call, like, you know, like to get back to that. Cause that's what I miss too. Well, I'm praying and hoping I have a couple in the, you know, possibly, but it just all depends if it makes sense for them. Like it makes sense. You know what I mean? So, but I, I, I do 
I do miss it. It's it's great. Like I, I'm excited to actually, I did set out, I actually sat at Oatship, the bar, um, was it like three weeks ago? I, I felt so weird and great. I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> I'm having a drink inside at a bar again. I love that. <laughs> what's, what's that like? It's been a, it's been a year for me. I know. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I mean, well, what they're doing now that people are allowing is that it's like two seats, you know, like it has to be spread out. So it's not the full bar energy, but it's right. still sitting at the bar, which is really what you just really kind of want. You don't exactly like, yes, we'll sit outside. I get it. I'll, you know, but just to have that access to the bartender, you know, just be like, what's up, dude? How you doing? How's your family? You know, it's just that even if it's for like five minutes, like, oh, I'm just, you know, cause I'll do that at uh, our bar all the time. Like, Naya, uh, have a drive-by shot real quick. And they're like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's do it real quick. <laughs> I'm like, okay, good. <laughs> Oh, I yeah. like that drive-by shots. That sounds awesome. Yeah. So you see I, your bartender? He's like, "What's up?" I just got the new R bar hat too. Oh my gosh, you got to go check them out. They're really nice. Oh, good. So, I'm glad they're open too. Yeah. Um, but I'm so happy to see you. You look fantastic. You. Oh, look, thank you. Yeah, you look fantastic. Like, of course. Thank um, you. So thank you so much for doing this. It's been so nice to catch up with you, and I hope you come back to the city and visit. It seems like you do. I, yeah, I'm actually on my way later. I, I'm trying to weekly, minimum at, well, of once. <laughs> I gotta keep my sanity. It's like it's so quiet here. I can't walk anywhere. Well, I, I can, but it takes me like an hour or thirty minutes. So. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna be weird too. Is to miss yeah. the convenient walking out your door and forty yeah. steps away. You have pretty much everything yeah. you want. Yeah, I would go to four to five different spots within two hours and then be back. You know what I mean? Because I was right off of Polk. So I just, I had everything off of that street that I needed. But even if it's like shopping or if I need to, you know, do a drink real quick, go to Walgreens, get my meat and cheese at the meat and meat cheese plus store and, you know, hardware, everything. My, my, um, what was it? The Tescal, like this, I always get ornaments from there. Like my candles, they're like, everything's there. So it's just, it, 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 it is an adapt. Like I, I have to adapt, but Oh, well, good. I'm happy to hear that. Thank you for inviting me too. I feel very honored. I can't wait to, you know, see this grow. It's going to be beautiful. Uh, Thank you so much. This has been, this has been great. So hit me up, hit me up when you're in the city. Maybe I'm around, maybe I'm not, but just, yeah, hit me up. We'll do. Absolutely. I'm always looking for a drinking buddy. So let's do it. (laughs) All right, gorgeous. I'll talk to you later. All right. Have a good one. Thank you for listening. That wraps up another episode of Booze Nation. A quick shout out to the Saratoga. I'm so sorry to hear about the closure and may you be pouring drinks somewhere very soon. And another thank you to the delightful Melinda Lopez and best of luck to you, Melinda, and your new profession at K-Ron. They are lucky to have such a hardworking and intelligent person such as yourself. And another quick note to the tech bros that left the city. Could you please stay where you are? I'm sure you can sport your many, many, many plaid button downs wherever you are. I'm sure you can check and see if your beard has grown any in your mom's bathroom. I'm sure you can walk and not look where you're going on another sidewalk. You don't need to come back to San Francisco and make Dolores Park a sanctuary of blandness. Remember, we're San Franciscans and we want Dolores Park for gay sex. But if you do come back to San Francisco, could you please learn how to function in a bar? Can you please learn how to function in a restaurant? Can you learn how to address people? Could you please learn how to be a part of a community? 
Could you please learn how to be a human? Please do all those things. If you're not going to do those things, and if you can't learn how to do those things, then maybe you just stay the fuck home. Well, she's the one that's got that beat. She's the one with the flying feet. She's the one that walks around the store. She's the one that yells a Thanks for listening. Booze Nation, the podcast, can be found on Twitter at BNation, the PCAST, and on Instagram at BoozeNation underscore podcast. Join me next week when I talk to the resilient Chris Green about what it was like working during a pandemic. Thank you again for listening, and please tip your bartenders. Thanks! <laughs> <laughs>